with me please in your Bibles to the book of James chapter 5 the 17 to 18 the book of James chapter 5 the 17 to 18 for your information the book of James is in the New Testament hallelujah are you there? I read. It says, Elisha was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Verse 18. And he prayed again underline that word and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit and we are blessed by the reading of God's word I want to share with you on the message I have titled pray again seven times pray again seven times. One of the challenges that many Christians have is the challenge of prayers. And not only that, many Christians don't know how to pray. And not only that, many Christians pray and pray amiss. And not only that, many Christians pray and their prayers are not answered. And as a result of that, they become very frustrated. And so, many have backslided from the faith as a result of unanswered prayers. But we have to understand that there are rules of engagement in every endeavor. There are rules of engagement. If you don't understand the rules of the engagement of the area you are going into, then you will not be able to operate at the maximum level of that area. And prayer is one key instrument between us and God. The only way we communicate with God is through prayer. And so the question we want to ask is what is prayer? Prayer is simply communicating with God and waiting on him for answers. Prayer is simply communicating with God and waiting on him for answers. And please understand that in as much as prayer is a broad subject, there are different types of prayers. 
there are different types of prayers. And so what I'm going to teach you today will help you to get into the zone where whichever type of prayer you are praying, your prayers will be answered. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. So the scripture we read in the book of James chapter 5 verse 17 the Bible says Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. In other words the great prophet Elijah had the same passions like you. He is not a superhuman being. He is not a superhero. He is the same as you. He is the same. That means he had the same desires. That means he was tired sometimes. That means he was weak sometimes. That means he ate sometimes. That means he slept sometimes. That means he was fearful just like you sometimes. So the Bible says that Elijah is a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly. That word earnestly there means effectively. He prayed effectively. I've heard many people say, I have to work hard to make money. No, you don't need to work hard. You need to work smart. Amen. When you work smart, have you not noticed those who make more money don't work hard? They are smarter. Go to a big store, a superstore, and look on the shop floor. Those who are carrying the heavy load are those who earn the lowest. Those who are making big money are sitting in the office up there watching a CCTV camera and writing some notes and seeing what is happening. All they are using is their brains. They are working smart. And from today, God will give you the wisdom to work smart. Listen, we have been praying for you that every genuine member of Solution will be the head and never the tail. Amen. And so shall it be. Yes. And I know God answers my prayer in all humility every time I pray. Amen. Only yesterday we were praying that God will use our podcast to reach thousands a day. Amen. Just today, the listenership of our podcast jumped. We only prayed yesterday. We thank God yesterday. And today, the listenership of the podcast, the number of listenership jumped. So when we pray, God answers us. And our prayer, we prayed for you that everywhere we go, we go to Barclays Bank the branch manager will be a member of Solution. We go to Tesco, the store manager will be a member of Solution. We go to the post office, the manager of the post office will be a member of Solution. Why? Because God is going to make us the head 
and never the tail. It shall happen. I said it shall happen. It's happened already, so just start giving thanks for it. In your various places where you are working, before the end of this year, promotion is coming to you. You'll be the head in that department. I said you'll be the head in that department in the name of Jesus. So the Bible says Elijah was a man like passion and he prayed earnestly. He prayed effectively that it should not rain and it rain not. In other words, Elijah had power to control atmospheres. He had power to control atmospheres. He had the keys of heaven. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. From verse 16 to 18. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, I have given unto you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you shall lose here on earth shall be loosed where? In heaven. And whatsoever you shall lose in heaven shall be loosed where? Here on earth. Matthew 16 verse 19. So you have the keys. God has given you keys to control the heavens. Keys to lock and unlock. Hallelujah. And therefore from today that key will function effectively in your life. I said after today when you pray God will hear your prayers. After today when you stand praying God will hear your prayers. Get ready. God will hear your prayers. In the name of Jesus. After today you will pray. Father say give me hundred souls for church on Sunday and God will give them to you. One of you will pray, Father, give me a thousand souls and a thousand souls will show up in the church for you. That's the dimension we are coming to. We have power to open the heavens and we have power to lock the heavens. So what do you do when you have that power? You open what you like and you close what you don't like. You open prosperity and you close poverty. You open healing and you close sickness. You open joy and you close depression. You open happiness and you close unhappiness. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. By Sunday you come to church and say pastor Pastor, I prayed and God answered my prayer. I was shocked. The days of doubt are over. I said the days of doubting God are over. Today when you pray, God will answer you. Hallelujah. Why? Because Jesus has given you the keys of the kingdom. 
Jesus Christ has given you what? The keys of the kingdom. And he said, whatsoever you shall bind shall be bound. Whatsoever you shall open shall be opened. That's the power Elijah had at his disposal. Elijah has such power that he closed the heavens for a whole nation because the king and the queen were engaging in sin. They were feeding the prophets of Baal. And he said, because of this sin, I have the power to close it. You see, this is why I have come to the point where no man can affect my prayers. Because I am so powerful in all humility by his grace, I will not give anybody access to take away that power away from me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you excited? We are back to basics. We are back to basics. Back to what works. We are back to praying for God to hear us. Hallelujah. So he prayed and the heavens were shut. Verse 17, the Bible says, James 5, 17, say, and Elisha, verse 18, sorry, the Bible says, and he prayed again. So he prayed effectively the first time. He prayed earnestly the, the first time. And the heavens were shut. But when it came to opening the heavens, he didn't pray once. He prayed seven times. Closing the heavens was easy. But opening the heavens took seven times. Closing the heavens was just a one prayer. In the name of Jesus, I shut the heavens. One prayer. But when it came to opening the heavens, he had to pray how many times? Seven times. The Bible says that he prayed again. He prayed again. That's why you have to understand that when you pray about something once, and you don't see the answer, you don't stop praying. One of the key things we are encouraging every member of this church to do is to have a prayer book. Have a prayer book. Every time you pray, write your prayer in the prayer book and date it. And don't pray prayers without date. Tell God, Father, in the name of Jesus, give me 200 souls by the end of this month in Jesus' name. Now, that is a specific prayer. That is a specific prayer and that is the only prayer God answers. God does not answer broad, open prayers. Your prayer has to be narrowed and closed. Specific. 
Why? Because God is a God of specificity. John chapter 11, when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus never said, the dead come forth. No. No, he didn't say that. He said, Lazarus come forth. He was specific. If Jesus had said the dead come forth, every dead in the grave would have come forth. <laughs> and there was no way they could have controlled that that, I mean, the dead would have overtaken the living in the town. So Jesus was specific. Jesus went only for Lazarus. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. So your prayer has to be specific. You can't just get up and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, give me a husband. What, what color? What, what color? Do you want him to be fair or dark? Do you want him to be tall or short? You want short? Yeah, you want short, you get short. <laughs> you want short, you get short. You have to be specific. Are you following what I'm saying? You have to be, you have to be specific. Father, he has to have six packs or eight packs or else... You know, other than that, someone with a big belly will show up. You don't know. That's right. So if 10 men show up, you know this one is not the one. Because you have been specific to your father. And Jesus said, if you who are men know how to give good gift to your children, how much more your heavenly father. So be specific because God does not answer broad prayers. Quote me anywhere. Check through scriptures and see if God has ever answered anybody's broad prayer. Never. Check through. Check through scriptures. Jesus went to the pool of Bethsaida and there were a lot of important folk, but he went only for one person. Specific. Specific. Father, make me rich in the name of Jesus. When? When do you want him to be, make you rich? When you're on your bed about to die? <laughs> be specific. Are you following what I'm saying? Be, Father, heal me. When? When? Yeah. You have to, you, you see, we come to God on the basis of his word. That's why you all have to get prayer books. Write your prayers in the book. When we came here and we were praying for this church to start solution, we wrote it. We had a prayer book. We had a prayer book. Isn't that right? We had a prayer book. We wrote the prayer point. Father, thank you for helping us to open Solution Chapel here in Crowley. This was in 2008. 25th of April, 2008. And God answered on the 4th of January, 2009. 
And so we go back, check the prayer points, we say, Father, thank you. That prayer book is what? Nine years, ten years old. Nine years old. And when I searched for it and I found it, and I was going through it and said, wow. Even we didn't have children then, we were thanking God for our children. We were, Father, thank you for our child. Thank you. It's awesome. You see, this is why I always say that ungrateful people shall never prosper. Before God will answer your prayer now, the question he continues to ask is, did you thank me for the last one I gave you? I'm a human being. I'm a human being. Naturally, when I give you something and you don't thank me, I won't give you again. That's the honest truth. So, when God answered your prayer, you forgot. Now, look at the ten lepers who came to Jesus. They came to be cleansed and when they were healed, only one came back to thank Jesus. And listen carefully to Jesus' question. Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? So God expects us to thank him. The only one who was made whole was the one who came back to thank God. Don't come to God with an attitude of I deserve to have this. No, you have no right to whatever God has. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. Yes, you are his child, but you have to understand that whatever you are asking him belongs to him. And you have to follow the prayer protocol to be able to receive from him. And so therefore, after today, rejoice. When you pray, God will answer your prayers. When you pray, God will answer your prayers. In the name of Jesus. Let's go and look at this praying again seven times in detail in the book of 1 Kings chapter chapter 18 from verse 41. 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 41. Don't give up. Don't give up on knocking heaven's door. You've prayed once. Pray again. You've prayed twice. Pray again. You've prayed thrice. Pray again. Pray again. Pray again. Now, if you desperately need something, praying once and you don't get the answer, will you pray again? Of course. So don't stop. Don't give up. And stop. Listen, listen. This is very important. Don't come to God with so many prayer requests. You only need one prayer answered. And every other thing shall follow. That's why Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first 
the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. So when you ask God for one thing, the rest will come. When Solomon became the king of Israel, he needed so many things, but what happened? He went and asked God for only one thing. Give me wisdom and understanding to be able to govern and to lead these great your people. One thing. And what did God say? Because you have not asked for the life of your enemies. Now, don't be praying and wasting time on your enemies. Hear me. Don't be praying and wasting time on your enemies. Focus on yourself. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, kill my enemies. No, no, he doesn't need to kill them. They need to be alive to see what God will do with you. Hallelujah. God said, because you did not ask for the life of your enemies, you did not ask for prosperity, you did not ask for wealth, I'll give you all of this. So you need just one door, one door to open. Bill Gates understood that. He only needed a window to open. And when one window opens, the rest is history. You just need one door. One door. Do you think as a pastor when I stand and I'm praying, I'm praying for money? No, I don't need money. When I stand and I'm praying, I'm praying, God, give me souls. Because as I win souls into his kingdom, he is the one who pays me. He takes care of what I need. Is it food? Come on. Are you, are you getting it? But the sad thing is many of us ask wrongly. We ask wrongly. We ask wrongly. Hallelujah. So, 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 41. The Bible says that, and Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat, drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. Say amen to that. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Because abundance is coming. Amen. Say amen to that. There's an abundance of everything is coming. There's abundance of weddings coming. There's abundance of marriages coming. There's abundance of children coming. There's abundance of multitudes of souls coming. There's abundance of testimonies coming. We only give time for two testimonies. And today it's like the whole church is giving testimonies. That's the sound of an abundance. You see, the days of operating in little are over. From today you'll experience the abundance. From today you'll walk in abundance. No more lack. No more scarcity. No more smallness. Abundance is coming. Receive abundance right now in the name of Jesus Christ. For he said, I hear the sound 
of an abundance. Now what you have to understand is that at that point there's been drought for three and a half years. Yet he said, I hear the sound of an abundance. You have to use your spiritual ears to hear from heaven. It takes your spiritual ear to hear from heaven. To hear what God is saying. Don't look around you and see and say what you see. Say what God says. Speak what God speaks. Hallelujah. So he said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Camel. And he cast himself upon the earth. And put his face between his knees. Ahab is enjoying. But Elijah is on top of Camel. Sometimes for your prayers to be answered, you have to separate yourself. You have to go on top of the mountain. Because this issue, it just needs your attention with God and Him alone. Others, you see, sometimes when you are praying for, you know, I I wake up sometimes 3 a.m. and I'm praying for you. And I know at that time you are snoring. I know you are snoring. But you see, yes, you are Ahab. You go eat. You enjoy your sleep. But as for me, I have to be on top of the camel. I have to be on top of the mountain. Praying that God blesses you. Praying God's protection over you. Praying God's blessing over you. That is my responsibility. Now, I cannot say now, God, they are sleeping now. Let me also go sleep. God, they are eating. Let me also eat. Sometimes I'm fasting long fast. 40 days. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sleeping. My wife will say, Are you not coming to bed? <laughs> the bed is too big for me to sleep in it alone. Sometimes she'll say, I'm looking for you in the bed. Where were you? I was on the mountain. (laughs) My boss called me out of bed. I have to be up all night. Are you you following what I'm saying? So you don't follow the Ahabs. Your job description is different. Your job description is stay on top of the mountain. Because a key, a responsibility has been given to you and you need to open the heavens. Keys cannot be given to babies. It's given to adults. That's a responsibility. So Ahab went eating. Elijah went on top of the camel. And look at what look at how he put himself. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. He had positioned himself in a birthing position. That's a birthing position. Because he's about to give birth to something great. To give birth to greatness, there has to be some stretching. Have you seen a woman at the labor ward without a pain before? When it's time to deliver, they say, Give me my makeup. That's my makeup. 
Where's my Chanel? Where's my Elizabeth Arden Fifth Avenue? No. No way. No way. He's shouting at the man, look at what you've done to me. No more. No more. No more. You are a wicked man. You are a horrible man. Why? Birth imposition comes with pain. Some things have to tear. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why any prayer that has no heart engagement in it, God doesn't answer. He said, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. So, the prayer that you are praying has to be heart engaged. You know, sometimes people are praying and their mind is roaming in Afghanistan. Their mind is roaming on the movie they watched before starting to pray. They are praying and then they are looking at their phone. Who is going to call? Who is sending me text? No. Prayer time is a time of seclusion from the world. Isolate yourself from the world and hear from God. Verse 43 of, of First Kings chapter 18, the Bible says, And Elijah said unto his servant, Go up, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. So now, at this point, I want you to picture Elijah is praying. He's prayed once. He sent his servant. In this case, it's Elisha. He sent Elisha to go and see the effect of his prayers. But every time the servant comes back, every time Elisha comes back, he comes back with a negative report. I can't see anything. Have you noticed that sometimes when you are praying concerning something, you expect an answer, but you don't see no answer. You pray and pray and pray, and you feel that, oh, I think today my prayers have been answered. And you're expecting a positive report from the doctor or from the postman, and then instead, the opposite comes. Maybe at work, you've been through a disciplinary hearing. And then the next thing, you're praying, Father, vindicate me. Father, you know, take over this situation. And then the next thing, a letter comes to your door. We are sorry, you have been dismissed. He said, but God, I'm a tither. God, I've prayed about this. God, I serve in your house. Listen, God knows what he is doing. Sometimes like like Moses you have to be kicked out of the king's palace to experience the wilderness before you can have an encounter a real encounter with God. So he prayed, he sent Elisha, Elisha goes Elisha comes back and said, Boss, there's nothing. 
Major prophet Elijah, <laughs> I see nothing. You prayed once, the heavens were shut. But now you are praying for it to be open, and it's not opening. He said, There is nothing. And Elijah said unto him, Go again. How many times? How many times? Go again seven times. Go again seven times. It means pray again seven times. About the same issue. Now, when you're praying about the same issue again many times, it doesn't mean you don't have faith. The deception of the enemy is that, oh, but you prayed. Why didn't God answer? Don't you believe he's answered? No, there are certain things you have to pray more than once. The great apostle Paul, he had thorns in his flesh. The Bible says he prayed three times that God should remove the thorns and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. God didn't remove the tongue. He prayed about that same issue three times. Jesus on this cross screamed, Eli, Eli, Lamad, Sabbathani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God didn't hear him on the cross. Sometimes it's good for God not to hear you the first time. Because if he does, you become arrogant. They say, hey, I'm the man. King Kong. Just one prayer and it happens. No, sometimes you have to pray. I, I've always told God, God, no matter how you grow the church, always leave one empty chair in the church, not being occupied by anybody. No matter how big the church becomes, no matter how great multitudes are coming, always leave one empty chair in the church. Why? It's a reminder that I still need to pray for God to send more people in. Because human beings are human beings. The moment you pray and God hears you, you think, oh, okay. <laughs> you see, something, that's what happened. Samson thought his strength would be there all the time. He thought he could do anything at any time. So he abused the privileges God gave him. Until one day when he was really looking for his strength, it was no longer there. It was gone. So sometimes you have to pray on the same issue seven times. Sometimes your seven times may be seven minutes. Your seven times may be seven hours. Your seven times may be seven days. It may be seven weeks. It may be seven months or seven years or maybe 70 years. Check the fathers of faith. Many of them, the things they were believing God for, they didn't see it. Read the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Many were expecting a city built by God, but they never saw it. They had faith that God was going to bring it to pass, but they did not see it. 
You see, when we read the Bible and we see, and God gave Abraham and Sarah a son, we think it just happened. It took 25 years. Abraham had to pray for a child for 25 years. And he's meant to be the father of many nations. There are some people who don't pray. They don't have to pray about babies. As for the babies, it just pops. They don't have to, even when they are on family planning, the babies are still coming. <laughs> that, that, that's the truth. But as for you, Abraham, only one baby, God has promised you this one baby, and it's taken 25 years. What kind of God is this? So sometimes the same issue, you have to pray on it over and over and over again. I'm sure God wanted to teach Elijah that yes, when you say heaven shut, it was easy. But now for the heavens to open, you need to sweat. The Bible says that in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' prayer was like sweat of blood that were dropping. Sweat of blood. Beloved, don't give up on praying on one issue and you haven't seen an answer and you think God is unrighteous. No, God is righteous. Verse 44, the Bible says that, and it came to pass at the seventh time, he said, behold, there ariseth a cloud like a man's fist. Wow. What would have happened if Elijah had stopped at the sixth time? <clears throat> Many have stopped praying for that same thing at the sixth time. They've missed their seventh hour answers to prayers. The Bible says that, and Elisha said, I behold, there ariseth a cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say up to Ahab, prepare thy chariot and give, get thee down that the rain stop thee. You know. Now remember, he was praying, he said, I hear the sound of an abundance. Instead, he only saw a cloud like a man's fist. Is that not a contradiction? It's a contradiction. God, I'm believing you for something big. And God gives you something little. God wants to test your attitude. How grateful are you for that small thing I've given you? But I love Elijah's attitude. The Bible says Elijah said to Elisha, go tell Ahab just this little cloud, feast go tell Ahab the rain is coming, get out now, that's faith you see faith prepares before the answer comes many are waiting for the answer to come before they prepare no, faith prepares before the answer shows up and you know the rest of the story. It came to pass in the meanwhile, verse 45, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, verse 46, and the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, 
and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. The Bible says he prayed seven times. Pray again. Just take that one issue. Lay it before God. Just that one issue. Lay it before God and pray on that one issue. Why do you pray many prayers that will make you forget when in most cases you only need one? Some of us are praying for houses, yet we don't need a house, we need wisdom. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4, it says, through wisdom is a house built. So you see, when you have wisdom, you build the house. By understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the chambers are filled with precious and pleasant riches. He said, God, give me money. No, you don't need money. You need wisdom. You see, money is the leaves. Wisdom is the tree. What do you want? The tree or the leaves? The tree will produce more leaves. So why do you go for the leaves? Which is money. Money is just paper. Money just comes from the tree. So it's paper. Are you following me? But what you really need is wisdom to be able to generate more of those. When you have the wisdom tree planted, then you have more leaves coming to you for anything you need. pray on that same issue. The walls of Jericho. Joshua chapter 6 from verse 1 to 16. It says the walls of Jericho were straightly shut. None could go in. None could come out because of the children of Israel. What they needed was in Jericho. But it was walled and it was shut because of them. But they didn't give up. God said to them, go around it how many times? Seven times. And on the seventh time, the Bible says that the walls came tumbling down. What is it that you are giving up on? Don't give up. Have you prayed for a soul to come to the house of God to be saved and you haven't seen them and you are giving up? No, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep talking it. Keep saying it. The Bible says that so mightly grew the word and it prevailed. As you keep saying it, the word will grow mightily and it will prevail. Finally, as we close, what are the hindrances to our prayers? Hindrances to our prayers. There are two major hindrances to our prayers. Number one is sin. Number one is sin. First John chapter one from verse eight to ten. You don't want your prayers to be hindered. Therefore you have to remove everything that hinders your prayers. 
first John chapter 1 verse 8 to 10 it says if we say we have not seen we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not seen we make him a liar and the truth of the word is not in us so sin hinders our prayers you can't come to God and pretend that you haven't sinned the Bible says that anything and everything done without faith is a sin so sin hinders our prayers the book of Psalms says that if I hide iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me that's what David said don't hide iniquity in your heart don't be self righteous when you come to God God sees all things. So the right way to start with God in prayer is confess your sins. You know, the grace movement, the teaching of the gospel of grace, the grace movement is teaching that you don't have to confess your sins. Being under grace doesn't mean we don't have to confess our sins. The Bible says that if we say we have not seen, we make God a liar and the truth is not in us. So it's a deception to say that when I come to God and I want to pray, I don't have to confess my sins. That is the first point of prayer. Before you pray, Father, please forgive me of my sins, both known and unknown. And when you're confessing your sins to God, you don't pray in tongues. You don't pray in the spirit. Because you know the sins you have committed. You know. You and God. You know the sins you have committed. So don't come. Shalabababa. No, no, no. That is hypocrisy. Father, forgive me of lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh pride of life. These are the three areas that covers all kinds of sins. And you know them. Those that you can remember. Father, forgive me. I was angry against this brother. You know, I hate, I've hated my, this brother in my heart or this sister. And the Bible says that if you hate your brother without a cause, <laughs> you know what Jesus said. You know, so you know that is a sin. You know. You know it. Confess it. Ask God for forgiveness and he'll forgive you. And once that roadblock is removed, then your prayers are getting ready to be answered. That's the first hindrance. The second hindrance is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Mark chapter 11. The book of Mark chapter 11. Verse 25 to 26. Are you getting something out of this? Are you expecting that your prayers will be answered from henceforth? Mark chapter 
chapter 11 from verse 25 to 26. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, when you stand praying, what do you do? Forgive. What do you do? Forgive. When you stand praying, Jesus said, forgive if you have ought against any that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So another hindrance to your prayers is unforgiveness. So that means you have to forgive quickly and easily. Quickly and easily. Don't hold on to that issue. Forgive quickly and easily. Because you want your prayers answered. You want your prayers answered. So it is important to ask God quickly for forgiveness and then you forgive that person that has wronged you. Because if you don't forgive them, God won't forgive you. And that hinders your prayers. And this is one area that many Christians have challenged with. They cannot forgive. They cannot forgive. But you want your prayers answered. How glorious will it be? Every time you stand before God, you have 99% answers to your prayers. 99% answers to your prayers. Every time you stand before God. Would that not be awesome? Would that not be awesome? Every time you stand before God, you have 99% answers to all your prayers. And from today, God will answer your prayers in the name of Jesus. I said, from today, God will answer your prayers in the name of Jesus. I said, in the name of Jesus. So it's important that we pray right. We pray in line with God's word so that our prayers can be answered. Pray again seven times. Pray again seven times. Finally, as we close, James chapter 4 from verse 1. It says, From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your last that war in your members? It says, Ye last and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war. Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your last. Ye adulteress and adulteresses, know ye not the friendship of the world is enmity with God, and whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So if you want your prayers answered, you can't be best buddies with the world and expect God to answer your prayers. If you want your prayers answered, don't last. Don't say, God, give me this so I can show him that I also have it. God won't give you that. He won't answer your prayers. Question, 
what you are asking God, what is the motive behind it? Is it to glorify yourself? Is it for people to know that you are also there? What is the reason? You see somebody get married and say, God, give me a better wife or a better husband. You are asking wrongly and God never answers such prayers. The children of Israel put pressure on Samuel to say, go tell God we need a king like the other nations. Pressure. They put pressure. They were asking the wrong way. They were asking the wrong way. Finally, they had their answers. They had their prayers answered. But guess what? Those prayers were not answered by God. Saul was given to them as a king. You know the end of Saul. God didn't give them that king because he wanted to. They, God said to Samuel, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me. So you go and give them the king. And look at how Saul ended up. He ended up miserably. Don't ask wrongly. Do you know that the devil can also answer prayers? And every prayer the devil answers, it comes with consequences. So ask God right. Don't give up on that prayer. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep knocking on heaven's door. One day, the heavens will open. And the floods of God's blessing will come. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Excited that we are going to be receiving answers to all our prayers.